0: This is Retrospective Facilitation, a podcast for facilitators that want to make their retrospectives even more effective. Listen to industry experts, authors, and executives that advocate powerful retros share their stories and insights on how to reflect, adjust, and become more effective. To receive updates on the latest episodes, subscribe to our newsletter at thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com and win a chance to ask questions to our guests. Have you ever heard of the International Association of Facilitators or IAF? In this episode we interview Karen and Wibke, two members of IAF that run a workshop called Discovering Retrospectives during the European Conference of the International Association of Facilitators in Milan. I've asked about the IAF mission and what insights experienced facilitators had about retrospectives. Enjoy the show. Today on the show we have uh, Wibke and Karen. I've um, learned about a, a workshop that they were running in uh, in Milan around uh, May of this year and it's about retrospective and it's organized by the uh, Association, International Association of Facilitators, I probably like, said it right. wrong, <laughs> I said it right. And so I invited her to the show to talk a little bit about the uh, outcome of that, um, of that uh, workshop and a little bit about that, uh, that organization. Vivke, uh, Karen, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Happily. Glad to be here. My name is Wiebke. I'm a facilitator based in Amsterdam and I offer agile principles when working on sustainability, not necessarily on IT.
0: Nice.
2: And I'm Karen, living in Berlin. and um, I do facilitate um, workshops and retrospectives, but Actually, my passion goes uh, in, uh, for people and projects. So I help them communicate better and create shared understandings of the most important things. And for that reason, I have uh, co founded an open source initiative called OverDefend, hoping to make the life of people and projects better.
0: Nice. That's also awesome. a uh, balanced. Uh, lifestyle and work life is, uh, is really important, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's both combined, I would say.
0: <laughs> I actually, uh, it's funny, like our, our office, we have an office in Berlin and um, we have pairing stations and they, they told us that they, they use the same setup in, in Germany but the pairing station size was uh, by law too small. I don't know if you heard of it, like, like a desk size has to have a certain size by law, so we had to like make the desks bigger, the desk that we had here in the US or the <laughs> desk size. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was like, we need bigger desks.
1: Uh, <laughs> we... safety.
0: Yeah. So uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, the workshop that, uh, that was happening in Milan and uh, again, organized by the iaf what is the iaf
1: so um, the iaf is the international association of facilitators so this is a bunch of people who focus on uh, facilitating group processes and that can be in all kinds of different contexts one of the things i really love about the iaf is that people come from very different approaches and backgrounds so there might be agile coaches, but there's also people who work in diversity and inclusion, there are people who work in community organizing. And so this was the European conference of the IAF, and the organizers this year had uh, set the topic to be agile and facilitation, so really interested to explore uh, the boundaries and the overlaps between those two skills.
0: Nice. And so the... um I guess the how do people um, join the IAF and uh, how many how many events are happening? Is it like a one-off conference every year?
1: It's a bunch of different. So, in order to join an association, it's usually pretty pretty easy. You go to the website. There's a big join button at the on top right, um, and IAF has. Um, chapters in many different countries so also also in the us and many in europe in asia in africa Uh, the chapters oftentimes organize meetups and uh, on the regional level so in the u.s or in europe there's um, an annual conference roughly so i do recommend to check them out because there's a lot of good people there nice
2: and you can join the events and conferences even without being a member of the AAF, like I did, for example.
0: Cool, nice.
2: So you can just check out if this is your crowd and you want to connect with those people. Cool,
0: nice. I'll make sure to post the link in the uh, on the website. Um, cool, cool. And so the um, tell us a little bit about the uh, about the workshop. So it was about the Agile Retrospective. Um, it was about facilitating agile retrospectives. Uh, you mentioned the book by uh, Esther and Derby, and uh, by um, uh, Esther and Diana. Diana. It's yeah. early, early here. I had a little coffee, but uh, obviously, I need more. Uh, how did that go? So the audience was a, a group of facilitators that were uh, experienced in facilitation, but coming from different backgrounds. How was this uh, uh, this this uh, exposure to agile?
2: Well, for us, so the, the theme of the conference was exploring of agile and facilitation. So um, Wiebke actually came up with the idea, but I had the link with Diana because I met her a few years ago in a, in a retreat. And I really love uh, their book about agile retrospectives and it's a great source for me, for, for my work. And so I, I brought this this way of seeing retrospectives in. But actually, the idea of uh, the workshop uh, came from Wiebke in the beginning. So she invited me and Edith, who is not here today, uh, to, to ha- host this workshop together, the three girls. <laughs> nice. Maybe Wiebke, how did you come to the idea of the workshop? Well, in the end, um,
1: kind of looking at um, elements of um, mm-hmm. agile mindsets and practice that are useful also in other contexts, especially in a in a um, facilitation context. I think retrospectives are a really cool tool because they like ritualize this reflection and the learning. And kind of from my own practice as a facilitator, I'm noticing that that's oftentimes the thing we skip. So um, one of our key objectives was to reinforce how important it is to take a moment out to look at what just happened, what can we learn for the next steps. Um, And I think then what we also wanted to um, reinforce is to really see that actually, we do do something like retrospectives already in many, many different contexts and ways. So we did a brainstorm of what do people call this learning process, like after action reviews, feedback sessions, reflection, Etc. So, so, so we came up with a whole set of terms that people already knew that were kind of like retrospectives that they could apply. Nice.
0: And uh, yeah. is it like I, I, I think I see in the in the blog post um, you have the the five steps of the retrospective the loop of like uh, bringing back your experiment and your iteration. There is also a little posting with the ORID framework. Is that something that is more uh, that is popular in the uh, IAF and in the facilitators community.
1: I think it was it was funny because we we presented this framework with the, with the five steps, and then one of the participants piped up and was like, "That looks very already." And I'm like, "Can you explain what you mean okay. with already?" Because it's not something that everybody in the room would would know. But we have people that uh, are actually we had people in the room that are actually trainer trainers in the technology of participation, so facilitation approach that goes back, I don't know, to the 60s, um, who very much built on this model of always looking first at the objective level, then looking at kind of what are reflections, what comes up also in terms of emotions, how can we interpret um, what we're seeing and what are we gonna do next? So what is the decision we're taking forward? So that very much matched to how, we
0: all understand retrospectives nice yeah in the there, I have an episode where I interviewed Diana and uh, she actually mentioned Orit as one of the I asked them yeah. like why did you come up with a five framework, five steps framework where yeah. does it come from Orit is one of the uh, one of the originations uh, oh. so yeah I'll, uh, I'll post know. it yeah <laughs> um, cool and there is a lot of uh, so I think when I interviewed Diana it was really interesting to to hear like um about some of those other 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 frameworks out there, the the fact that we that we stop and and reflect about what happened first, I find in as a retrospective, often we miss that, so we kind of like jump to conclusions. Oh, because um,
1: we all know what the facts are, don't we?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> how how does that? Um, uh, now I'm jumping back to the uh, to the. IAF and like facilitators that are like maybe working in different uh, in different environments how does that step work like this like making sure everyone is on the same page is it um, and, and also the next question which is kind of linked is how do we set a purpose for our uh, facilitation session in retrospectives um, and that's another thing that I loved in your in your blog post there was like a little piece uh, of paper that said uh, uh, purpose. What's the purpose of uh, in the in the activity? And oftentimes people like pick activities, but it's really just for the sake of like picking an activity. And there's tools out there like Retromat where you just like can find activities or the um, uh, the liberating structures. But uh, the purpose I really like. So I guess a uh, question for you: How did the audience um, uh, react to the deciding? Um, a purpose for an activity and a purpose for a session is that second nature for uh, those facilitators that were in the workshop
2: may, may I add something maybe also before you say something Wiebke? because for I think we met ten years ago I met Vipka and since then we work together here and there and when I think back to ten years ago I always see Vipka and asking the question, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? So I think with Liebke in the room, it's just a natural thing to some purpose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>.
2: <laughs> and also I learned that from her. And, and so we had the double purpose feature in the room. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I had the feeling, so Liebke, you know the people better from from the AIF, but I had the feeling for them, it also was, uh, rather natural thing to start with.
1: Yeah, so we, we had the question for purpose, I think, on two levels in this particular workshop. One was the what's the purpose of the overall retrospective? And there might be some interesting reflections there as to also where is the difference between a classic Agile retrospective and like an after action review at, or a re- reflection session after a meeting or strategic planning process. Um, and then we one of the things we we did was we asked people to come up with tools and methods that they know um to conduct retrospectives and we came up with this beautiful toolkit of 30 methods that come from really deep facilitation practice that um you can also find find in that blog post and what and so one of the one of the um, fields that we ask people to fill out is what is the purpose of this exercise what can you achieve with that and i think the more I work with facilitation facilitative techniques um, I think the less important the individual exercise becomes and the more important this clarity on what do we actually want to get out of this particular part of the meeting of this entire meeting of this entire process um, becomes because you know if we don't have the clarity of where do we want to get to
2: it doesn't matter what we do really yeah (laughs) It's may- maybe I, I would love to add something. So I think it's it's a focus on the purpose, but also on on living or creating the experience of what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that was the other really important thing. So not just talking about retrospectives, with facilitators, that was something that triggered us to really do something. So the toolkit is a first sprint of a toolkit so to say just something to have an excuse to run every retrospective afterwards
0: nice <laughs> yeah i love in uh Kena's book when he mentioned the uh, types of meetings like what do you want to get out of this meeting and having a purpose and having this like overarching goal and the meeting goal and how you get to the overarching goal through meeting steps in in retrospect, so we were the uh, facilitator gathering and uh, I think Ainsley was like, uh, <laughs> her keyword is purpose. I think it's it's really important. Often um, when we jump into retro, we just look back at the last week, what can we do better? Uh, but uh, it's really much more than that. We decide where the facilitator decides, the group can decide what the topic, what the uh, focus is. You can look at the focus in uh, in a, in, during the retrospective, but uh, it's really important to avoid what I call the whack-a-mole retrospective, where you're just trying like fix everything and really not get deeper into, into anything. Um, cool, so uh, one, of, one of the things that it came out of is like a set of a, like a toolkit. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? So there was like a, a activities in there and uh, uh, what was the, uh, the biggest takeout for the group in there?
1: Biggest take-out?
0: Uh, yeah, what was the biggest uh, takeaway? Sorry, not take-out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't blame the coffee for that. That's just like my... This is my yeah. second, English's second language.
1: I think, you know, I'd have to go go back and ask ask the group what stuck, but what I found really powerful there was this um, so slowly seeing It click for people that they already know how to do retrospectives and that they that it's not agile is not this foreign language or land that um, you know they need to be afraid of but that in the end it comes back to you know practices that um, they are already familiar with and that um, we, we specifically asked them to co-create this toolkit saying like, this is for people who want to do retrospectives, not necessarily for experienced facilitators. So also with the tools, with the tools that are out there, I mean, there's great stuff on the internet. Um, everybody can do a good respect, retrospective. Come back to, you know, what's the purpose? What do we what do we want to learn? Use, use a couple of tools and then, yeah.
2: Nice. and also a it doesn't great have to be scary. oh sorry
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, and, and one of the, the other purpose of the session was also like having the opportunity to with a specific context to share their knowledge about uh, methods and activities in the groups it has been like five different groups creating those toolkits. Each group created a set of toolkits, so it was a playful competition also in between the groups. So, and a lot of fun because it was a three-hour session at the conference.
0: Nice. Nice. (laughs) And I, I saw like a ROTI, a return of time invested in one of your slides. Is that something that came out of the retrospective, or is that something that happens at the end of uh, facilitation sessions that uh, uh, some of the audience were, were running?
2: Actually, we brought it in at the end for nice. a short, uh, short, quick feedback on on the session.
0: I see.
2: Just mm-hmm. Actually, after the actual closing of the session, without much da-da, we just invited them, we closed the session, invited them to leave their thoughts. Because we had we were talking about retrospective, we were creating toolkits for retrospectives, then we did a retrospective on that, and then we thought, you know, now we need, need something very pragmatic. <laughs> we wouldn't start doing a debrief of the debrief of the debrief.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: It's turtles all the way down.
0: Yeah. yeah, the Return of Time Investor, uh, we try and fit it in all our retrospectives here, or even like little meetings that we do, just to gauge a little bit. And it's been mentioned before on the show, Return of Time Investor, like zero and four, zero complete waste of time for best meeting of my life. What's one idea to make it go up one point? And sometimes I like to ask, what is one thing you liked about today? Just to, to leave uh, something, uh, something just positive as well. Um, but it was great to see that. I'm always like uh, very happy when I see when I see that activity used. And um, I can I think I want to jump back to the uh, international uh, association of, uh, of facilitators. How is uh, so? Sometimes we talk about like um, psychological safety and like uh, in the five steps framework that uh, uh, that we were, most people are familiar with. We have like the setting the stage where uh, that is the, the time where we, we check that. We have like, different activities, but I guess the purpose is to ensure everyone feels like uh, safe to speak up. How does that relate to just a regular uh, non-agile facilitation uh, job? Uh, do we still do you guys still do that check? And how do you, uh, how do you handle a situation where there is no psychological safety?
1: I think it's hard to answer this question with a, with, under the framework of international body of facilitators because there's like a million different ways how um, facilitators would, would deal with this um, and one of the ways that you know the IAF ha- is dealing with that diversity is basically there are um, core competencies that facilitators are expected to, um, to master and there's also a certification scheme for that um, and of course, one of the, one of the core competencies as a as a facilitator is to really be able to draw out the potential of the group and to manage conflict where it arises and to guide the group to good good outcomes. How that is happening, everybody will probably have a different, slightly different approach. <laughs>
0: Nice. And you mentioned like one of the core competencies um, is that. Uh, how do one like uh, achieve like one of those like those competencies? Is there like a, a book? Is there a class? Uh, maybe someone in the.
2: There even is a certification.
0: <laughs> I, I actually looked at the website last night. I was kind like, I was hinting into that certification part. <laughs>
1: yeah, and so. The, in, the IAF is, is coming from a, as I said, it's it's the diversity of, of approaches coming together with like a skill, skills-based approach. So as an association, the association does not offer training towards the competencies. There are a couple of trainings that are accredited to towards the competencies, but really, like with a with a good Scrum Scrum Master background, with a lot of practice, whether it's community organizing, di- diversity and inclusion, whatever you have, looking at where do I think I am currently on these competencies, um, go go, tr- go try it, have a go. Um, it's basically it's multiple steps. So you you first do a written play, written um, assessment, assessment where describe your experience. If then people go like, yeah, that's not quite it you will get a recommendation to maybe skill up somewhere and then there's an assessment day so it's not that the IAF has a training program and a clear course for how you get to um to It's really it's skills based and whatever way you have to get to those skills um is good
0: awesome (laughs) yeah it's it's great to kind of like isolate it to the two things um awesome um i guess i'm uh, one like we're kind of reaching the, the alpha hour? I wanna uh, I wanna ask. Like sometimes we we forget that facilitation is a is a skill, and I think in this chat specifically we pointed out that that it is that it's really hard to kind of like maybe drop into into a meeting without uh, um, preparation, without like knowing what we go uh, towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your your thoughts on that? Like is facilitation like uh, Something that out there is not really recognized as a skill.
2: Um, where would be? I, I would love to understand more what you mean with out there. Yeah.
0: So sometimes we like have we have a meeting and there's there no facilitator at all, and we just like let kind of like the meeting free flow, and we kind of like expect because we're a human being that we're gonna be able to kind of like work it out. Uh, but sometimes we do. But sometimes we. We don't, and uh, I don't know if there is like a, a like an understanding that uh, of the advantage of having someone dedicated to that facilitator role to prepare the meeting to kind of like let the the group flow through. Um, do you have any any thoughts on on that? I think um, you know there are many
1: different 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 context and and sometimes you find yourself in a context where you're like damn it we we need we need facilitation i'm a great fan of when you notice that you're in a meeting that doesn't quite go well or there's it's not clear step up into that into that role and you know you don't even have to have the official hat and the official mandate sometimes it's just about asking questions of like what are we doing here right now mentioning we still have 10 minutes left in this meeting should we move on to the next point or just summarizing i've heard the following three points um could we go ahead with with number two or do people have issues with that so really this skill of um clarifying the purpose of summarizing the results managing time doesn't have to be a formal role but it does
0: I think uh, you're breaking up the last part, but the, the, the concept is, uh, is really clear and it resonated with uh, what um, we were interviewing um, Linda Rising about introducing change and introducing retrospectives. And she wrote a book called uh, Fearless Change and the, it's a set of patterns to introduce change. And the first pattern yeah. is uh, just do it. Uh, so exactly what you said, if you're in a meeting, even if you don't have the hat of a facilitator, maybe you just like do what you said, you're like paraphrasing or summarizing things nice
2: and and i think it it actually is a leadership thing so really to to step up and it doesn't mean that you appoint a facilitator and then the facilitator does everything including the preparation of the meeting asking people like doing the the preparation of the meeting and so on so the question is so what what's the level of participation you want to live in your team and in the same way, I think you can co create y- your way of facilitation uh, in the team. So, yet, uh, just I'm imagining uh, agile teams who are kind of constant teams. So, not just having different teams in, in each meeting, but really finding out so, so, what is the type of facilitation that really helps us uh, be better
0: together? Awesome. So we're almost at the end of the show, and I'm gonna ask you the same three questions I ask uh, at the end uh, to, to all the guests. But first, uh, is there anything else that you wanna mention about the the workshop that I haven't asked?
1: I think just going back to don't whatever you do, don't forget to build in a learning loop and to um, review what, what you've been doing and don't someone gives you the official hat of like you are now an agile coach or you are now facilitated to do it with the groups you're working with
0: nice awesome uh karen anything else
2: one thing i really love about agile retrospectives there are many things but one thing <laughs> is that you have um you agree a time schedule beforehand and I think it's so important. So really to be able to keep up and really do and meet. And if you just, if you do five stages or if you just start, so what's, what do we need right now? So I think you can simplify not to oversize anything but really having an agreement. And I think it's really about agreement. We want to meet uh, and get better. And, and have an exchange about that. I think that's that's a good start.
0: Nice. Awesome. Right. Um, so what are the, your three questions? The last three questions are <laughs> the first one is uh, if you have a favorite um, I guess facilitation activity that you use often and you want to share it with a group. Okay, do you want to go first?
1: I think one of my favorites is to ask people to draw their response to a question. And then, you know, before you start sharing with um, everybody
0: else. Nice. So by themselves with a little piece of paper or post it, draw that.
1: Yeah. Can be a template, doesn't have to be.
0: Nice.
2: What I really love and I call it thinkers trio, it's also known as story triads and so on, is really having three people working together on a question and to have the space for a single person just to tell a story. One person is asking them questions to help them really say what they want to say, and a third person doing a short recording sketch or whatever of what what they hear and then the person who did um, the harvest or describe, describing, just sharing back what they understand so that you have a shift of perspective in this in this conversation. It's based on appreciative inquiry and I think it's, it's really powerful to give each other the space um, to, to share and really to listen to each other in a small group of people so you don't have to do yeah. that in front of the public group.
0: Nice cool Uh, second question is what is um, a book that you're reading right now maybe a facilitation book but not necessarily
2: shall i recommend my own book (laughs) (laughs) please go oh yeah no i would use the other one so we have actually two books um by by over the fence it's really Over the and we keep on working until over the fence is a positive term. (laughs) It's really we see projects as a garden party where people from different disciplines get together and need to create something together, and describe practices and stories uh, from people in projects, for people in projects. And yeah, the book is called Over the Fence. And now I need to know the English subtitle: Rediscover the joy of projects, develop new ideas together and have more fun working together
0: <laughs> nice
2: um, yeah it's it's a way of actually de- demystifying facilitation and help people in projects who are not facilitators um to to take some techniques into their projects not just retrospectives. perspectives but they are. <laughs> yeah so one of
1: my projects at the moment is to read up on the foundations of um of facilitation practice and one of the books uh, I I've, I've just uh, just been reading is Jo Nelson's Getting to the Bottom of Top um where she actually explains where orit that we've been talking about earlier comes from and it's actually goes back to philo- philosophy and uh, ph- ph- phenomenology phenomenology there and just really fascinating to go like hey actually we, we are building our practices on foundations and they're sometimes quite deep
0: nice cool and the final question what is your favorite dish what is your favorite food if you have to pick one <laughs> this is where i count to 20 <laughs> seconds
2: hard to say it's slow food in any case i love italian food like really simple handmade without <laughs> 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 there is not a single one actually
1: and i've recently really enjoyed doing fun things with to- with tofu so uh the mapu mapu tofu recipe recipes have been bringing me a lot of joy for example
0: nice I don't think I answer my own question ever on the show, but I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be the tiramisu. If I could have ah, one thing for the rest good. of my life, I think I'll just eat tiramisu.
2: Okay, then I'd take pasta amitriciana.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Our guests share lots of insights and ideas. Which change are you going to try in your next retrospective? Tell us on Twitter with hashtag this is retrospective facilitation, or leave us a comment on thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com. Norm Kurt, known as the father of retrospectives and author of the book Project Retrospectives, suffered a disabling brain injury in a car accident 20 years ago. Visit thisisretrospectivefacilitation.com/help/Norm for details and a link on how to contribute to his fund. Thank you for listening. This is Enrico Teotti, till next time.